yes, we can do resilience training, uh, we can do disaster preparedness, but I think the onus is on the policymakers. The onus is um, at global level. What is it that is that we need to do? What is it that is causing this climate to change and have that impact on the poorest of the poor? Welcome to Renew Our World podcast. Renew Our World is a global movement of Christians who believe in helping one another, calling for justice and caring for creation. Join us this season as we'll be discussing the latest in climate news, chatting with theologians, activists, and some of our incredible members and friends working on the ground. I am your host, Jessica Wally. Hi, uh, everybody. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of Renew Our World podcast. I am your host, Jessica Wally. And today I'm coming uh, live and direct to you all the way from uh, Lusaka, uh, that's Zambia, TFN offices. And I have with me uh, an amazing person that's doing so much uh, in the works of uh, the Lord and also TFN. And uh, we'll be together for the next few minutes to just talk about some of the exciting things that she's been up to. And I'm um, talking about uh, no other than Jennifer Sakala, who happens to be the regional director for Southern and East and Africa Tier Fund. I know I've introduced her, but uh, I'll get back to her to also introduce herself again and just share with us what it is that uh, she's been doing. Jennifer, how are you? Hi, Jessica. I'm fine. So delighted to talk to you this afternoon. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to talk to you. We understand you're a very, very, very busy person. So <laughs> getting this chance with you is uh, an amazing uh, opportunity. And uh, would like to get to know more about you, Jennifer. If somebody asked who Jennifer is, how would you describe yourself? Thank you very much, Jessica. Yes, uh, my name is Jennifer Sakala Nirenda, Mrs. Nirenda. I'm a wife, I'm a mother and a grandmother, and I'm a regional director for Southern and East Africa with Tear Fund. Very passionate about church and community transformation work across the region, but also within Tear Fund. Mm -hmm. So in my role as a regional director for Southern and East Africa, I actually oversee TF and work in uh, Malawi, Mozambique, Zambia, and Zimbabwe in the southern part of the region, and also Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda in the eastern part of the region. Like I said, I'm very excited and thrilled about our church and community transformation work mm -hmm. across the region. Maybe somebody is listening uh, about or hearing the word change and uh, community transformation for the first time and they're wondering, what is this? Could we just maybe get to that? And I know uh, abbreviated though, some people may be hearing CCT, CCT. So let's get to that, Jennifer. Would you just uh, uh, bring us close to church and community transformation? What is it about? What is it that you do? And uh, what does it just cover? Maybe to make people understand better, TF&D does uh, development work 
as many organizations do. And uh, we know development work to be carried out by different players and uh, working with uh, local organizations. This would normally be a local non-governmental organization. Uh, when it comes to CCT, uh, this talks about working with the churches, and that is something that is very unique mm -hmm. about how TFUND works. So we work with our churches to bring about a transformation in the development work that we do. And I'm not talking about change, I'm talking about transformation, transformation here. Yeah. So to bring about a holistic change, and that is what CCT, Church and Community Transformation, is all about. So it involves working with the churches, particularly church leaders who are envisioned uh, to address developmental challenges that the communities are facing. And we do this, or they do this, holistically. So looking at the spiritual aspect of the communities, hence working with the churches, mm -hmm. but also the social needs and other developmental needs in the communities. So CCT, in short, looks at addressing spiritual, social, and uh, in short, holistic mm -hmm. development of a person mm -hmm. and the communities using the church as yeah. entry. Amazing. How, how do you bring about the church on board since this is your entry point to the community? How do you bring about the church on board? And if there's a church somewhere that's listening for the first time or they've seen the works that you've done or you keep on doing as TF and how can they actually come on board? Yeah. So TF and has been working with the churches mm -hmm. over for over 50 years. And in these 50 years, in the countries where we work, or even the countries where we have not been, uh, most likely most churches have heard about TF and. But for those churches that have not heard about TF and, so first of all, for those churches that have heard about TF and, we've had church leaders inviting us to come and talk about CCT or even say, we want to do what these other churches are doing. We have seen the transformation that has taken place in these communities through these churches. Can you come to us and talk about this? Uh, just recently, uh, we had that request from um, Northern Province where the, a number of church leaders requested that and I personally went to do the initial envisioning before the, you know, the, the, the actual full envisioning is done. So that's one way. The other way is um, when we interact through networks, when we come across church leaders or whenever opportunity allows, then we talk about a church and community transformation to churches that do not know. We do have some materials that we, we share. So those churches that we are familiar with, we talk about them. And I can tell you, Jessica, usually before you go along, they want to hear more. So then that's another entry point where we approach churches and say, this is what we are doing. Would you be interested to get to know more about uh, CCT, Church and Community Transformation? And if they say they do, most likely, and in almost all cases, they would say they would do, then we go in fully to uh, do the envisioning of the their leaders, okay. and then it goes on now to the communities. Do churches need to affiliate themselves to a certain body 
uh, of churches for them to be uh, part of CCT? No, they don't have to. Okay. Uh, so, yes, we work with uh, church networks, but we also work with the individual denominations. Okay. Actually, most of the envisioning is done uh, on individual denominations or particular churches. When I say particular church, it's a local church. Yes. So a denomination would have a number of churches. And then, um, yeah, so we can, the entry point could be a denomination where we have a number of churches belonging to that denomination envisioned. But it could be just a local church would come and say, we would like uh, you to come and do a vision of our particular church. So we are very flexible. So a church does not have to belong to a denomination and it does not have to belong to a network to be envisioned and to engage in CCT. That's really perfect. Uh, Jennifer, you've mentioned about some of our... Um, maybe some churches would love to come on board because they've seen what other churches or what other activities that are being done by churches that are actually under the church and community transformation. Uh, on a personal level, could you kindly share with us a personal experience of uh, uh, a church that is, uh, you know, under CCT and some of the uh, maybe a particular activity that you experienced and you were. Uh, uh, inspired to continue to do uh, these works. Thank you, Jessica. Um, I must say there are a lot of inspiration stories. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure you, you've, you've heard so many of those. But uh, personally, uh, you know, I've been with TFUND for uh, five years now. And I must say throughout the five years that I've been in TFUND, that I've, when I've been traveling to the different countries, I've seen many inspiring stories of CCT, many transformational testimonies that I have heard. But uh, there's one particular story that I like to share, uh, that I've shared many times, and this is uh, my recent uh, experience in Malawi. And uh, I like to share this particular one because of the scale mm -hmm. and because of the depth of the transformation that has happened in this particular uh, community. So there is one community that I visited uh, last year in Musimba district in Malawi. This is a community that was once perceived as a dungeon of poverty and lawlessness. Mm -hmm. And this community has been transformed into an oasis of hope and love. Mm. Eleven churches after being envisioned by one pastor. One pastor from a particular denomination was envisioned. So he went to this community and envisioned 11 churches and denominations, different denominations. Mm -hmm. These denominations came together and started um, having Bible studies together, identified challenges that we were having in that community and these challenges included witchcraft, mm. lawlessness, people actually killing each other, mm. uh, extreme poverty, high numbers of HIV, uh, a lot of orphans and vulnerable children, huge number of youths that were involved in different vices. So they came together and started working with not just the churches, but they invited on board the traditional leaders. Mm -hmm. They invited on board 
the uh, social welfare department of the government, they invited on board the police and started working together. So in other words, even outside the church leaders, there were also these social leaders, community leaders that were part of the vision, brought them on board and started working together to address the various challenges. So they did not just address the various challenges. What really excites me or excited me to see uh, this community that I now refer to as an oasis of love and hope is, uh, I mean, it's, the change is very visible when you come, because this community is called Eotini, it's just somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Then you just see, the first thing that captivates you, you just see something different because it's a thriving community. It looks green because, you know, they are planting trees. Um, it looks, the community is very vibrant. Uh, they have these social economic activities. There's a salon. There's a group of young people that is um, recycling plastics. It's, it's, it's a very clean community. They collect plastics and other ways they recycle them into products that they sell. Then there's a group of pastors that meet every week. In fact, the entire community meets, meet once a week to pray together. To pray together, they pray for the sick, they identify the most vulnerable in the community, the elderly that they provide for, young people who never got a chance to go to school because they were maybe orphans, they sponsor them to school. Women are involved in these social economic activities, uh, food production that they just don't produce, but they also uh, package mm. and sell food, uh, you know, in a very interesting manner. So it's, it's a thriving community because there's so much that is happening and you can see that everyone is happy. Mm. I tell you, I never wanted to leave that community <laughs> that day. When I visited, I'm like, wow, this is really mind-boggling. Yeah. But that is what CCT is all about. Mm. I can assure you that community will never be the same again. That's what we talk about when we say transformation. It's not just change, yes. because change can be reversible. But transformation permanent. is permanent. <laughs> That's what excites me. That's my story, you know, one of my favorite stories. What's amazing is the joy I can see on your face when you're explaining this. And I'm sure everyone that will be listening to uh, this episode will just envision how uh, the space you're in, because this is a community that you met before it yes. got transformed and after it actually got transformed because like you've seen the two sides and for you to get to a point where it actually gives you so much choice because you've seen how it has transformed from this uh, point that really didn't seem so much hope now to a place where I'm sure other communities can look at and say would want to be like that community. Exactly. Yeah. You can say that again. Yeah. I wish I could drag you there. <laughs> And also maybe just, you know, just have the picture before. Yeah. And also, Jennifer, like you sharing that, this is something that I am thinking other churches and other communities are thinking, can that be possible for our community? But looking at what you've shared, the, the, the picture before, uh, the picture that you've shared now, the transformed one, is a picture that may not seem so hopeful, like can this turn into this good uh, 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 community? What 
words would you have as well for communities that are in this space or, or transformative uh, era? And they are questioning, can we get there? Can we, how do we get there? What would you actually uh, say to them? Yeah, you know, Jessica, with God, nothing is impossible. Yes, we do give credit to the communities, we give credit to these two, but I think it's the God in the church and community transformation that makes everything possible. Mm -hmm. Because it starts with the mindset. So this uh, church and community transformation works on the mind, but also recognizing on the power of God. It addresses the four broken relationships. So it addresses the broken relationship that individuals have within themselves, the broken relationships that people have with other people, the broken relationships that people have with nature, the environment, and most importantly, the broken relationship one, what, that people have with God. So when all these relationships are addressed, when all these relationships are reconciled, holistic transformation happens. And when that happens, it can happen anyway. It doesn't matter what level of brokenness. There's no hopelessness. It doesn't matter what level of brokenness is there. It's the mending of those four relationships that brings about that trans transformation. And it can happen to anyone and anywhere. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, to everyone listening to today's episode, I'm joined by Jennifer Sakara Nyerenda, uh, who happens to be the regional director for uh, Southern and East Africa for Tier Fund. And uh, she's just uh, letting us in on uh, what change and community transformation is all about and uh, uh, her her experience actually since until now. So Jennifer, uh, you spoke about um, the brokenness that's there between uh, man and the environment. So I'd like us to switch a little bit uh, to get to know, um, we talk about the issues of climate change mm. everywhere. We understand everyone is affected, but differently. You are in uh, a place where there's a lot when it comes to the effects of climate change. We have a lot of front uh, frontliners when it comes to the effects of climate change. Could you just kindly share with us the picture of climate change in Zambia, where you are, and also uh, some of the countries that you are leading in Southern and East Africa? How does it look like? Yeah, um, when we talk about the issue of climate change, uh, this is something that really... Uh, is remarkable. I've lived on this earth for, I'm getting close to six years <laughs> now, and I can tell you that um, I have seen the climate or weather patterns mm. change very drastically. Mm. From what it was, let's say, 30 years ago in the, in the 70s when I was growing up, um, the weather patterns have become unpredictable. We experience... Uh, Sometimes on one extreme, extended droughts, um, like what we are experiencing now in parts of northern Kenya, northern Uganda. But on the other hand, we also see a other, the other extreme, which will be um, uh, unprecedented flooding, mm. a flash flood, massive flash flood, or this massive downpours that we experienced like this year. 
Within a few minutes, you see the whole city is flooded and uh, you can't see the roads. And this never happened before. So this is one manifestation that we see in the environment to show that really the climate has changed. And it's not just that. It's the damage. It's the impact of that climate change. It has worsened poverty because people have lost their livelihoods. Like recently in Malawi, as a result of the cyclone and the massive waters, as the locals describe it, that massive waters came from nowhere. And we've never seen this. We've never experienced this before. They lost their livelihoods. They lost lives. They lost their homes. And that's the impact. That can be so deep. They don't even know where to start from. That's one end. On the other hand, in parts like Karamoja in Uganda, northern Uganda, for years, year in, year out, people don't have anything to eat because crops cannot grow very well. In Kenya, where there's been droughts for a very long time, and even when there was a downpour, the, it could just sit, hit the surface, not soak into the soil because the soil is so dry. And so it didn't do anything. Instead, it killed animals. So that's the impact of uh, this climate change. Uh, destruction of lives and livelihoods and uh, sometimes even destroying what has been built over a long period of time. So this is something that needs to be addressed, not just by the communities. Yes, we can do resilience training, uh, we can do disaster preparedness, but I think the onus is on the policymakers. Mm. The onus is um, at global level. What is it that is that we need to do? What is it that is causing this climate to change and have that impact on the poorest of the poor? Mm. What is it that needs to change and who are the key players in this? That's what we need to look at. You know, the amazing picture that you're actually uh, showing us is how one community needs water, while the other community has excess that not, that's not even excess, destroying mm. the water that is actually destroying. The other community is hoping, I wish we could just mm. have it, it could be dry a little mm. bit, and the other one is hoping for water. So we can actually see how different places are being affected, mm. and doesn't matter how they're affected, the fact is, mm. everyone gets to lose out, exactly. you know, gets to lose out, it can be different uh, levels, but they get to lose out. One thing I've picked, uh, Jennifer, even as you've been explaining uh, about uh, uh, change and community transformation, is how much you've been bringing out uh, how it's important to still go back to God, even mm. though uh, whatever that we're doing, what we're being involved in, and so on. So, you've mentioned some of the uh, the picture, or the, how the picture looks like in some of the countries when it comes to uh, effects of climate change. Mm. How would you hope the church worldwide could actually pray um, for the people that are living in the front line of the effects of climate change? Yeah. I think, first of all, the church and Christians need to pray for the decision makers, mm -hmm. need to pray for the leaders in those countries where, you know, like carbon emissions, which are one of the major causes of climate change, 
um, are caused. So they need to come up with policies that mitigate against climate change. So we need to pray for them as they make decisions regarding emissions, uh, that is carbon emissions, and other decisions that they make the right decisions. Secondly, the church and Christians need to pray for the communities that are affected. Those communities, uh, they need, we need to pray for them for resilience, that God will give wisdom to the church that is working in those communities, to those communities to, do, um, to, 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 to be more resilient, to work on, uh, to come up with initiatives that mitigate against major losses of lives and uh, major losses of livelihoods. And um, uh, for example, maybe reduce the cutting down of trees and um, also putting measures, come up with agriculture practices that promote resilience, climate resilience. Uh, like in TF and we promote uh, farming God's way. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Jennifer, you've been awesome. Thank you so much for this rich information that you share with us, especially your personal experience uh, about how CCT has also impacted you uh, as an individual, which is amazing because you don't only impact the people out there in the community or the churches, but this is also something that is uh, inspiring yourself in your journey um, as uh, the director for uh, Southern and East Africa TF and, and also that is uh, um, impacting you as an individual. So I'd like to say thank you so much for the time. But before I let you go, I'd like to get your final thoughts, especially when it comes to uh, church and community transformation. Yeah. Uh, what would be your final thought as we wrap up on uh, today's episode of the podcast? Thank you so much, Jessica. It's been wonderful talking to you this afternoon. Uh, my final thoughts really around uh, church and community transformation is that that is the way to go. If you, we would like to see holistic transformation in our communities, in individual lives, in our churches, in our countries, and uh, globally, church and community transformation is the way to go because it addresses a mindset change and it also addresses a holistic, it looks at a change in a more holistic way, not just focusing on one thing, but the totality of the person, the totality of the church, integral mission, and the totality of the society. So I would encourage those that would like to know more about church and community transformation to reach out to TFUND. Uh, office that is closest to you and will be able to provide you with more information and tools to understand and to implement church and community transformation. Thank you so much once again, Jessica. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to just have this conversation with you and really appreciate for just sharing so much about uh, CCT and I'm sure from this point we'll have a lot of uh, churches inspired to just be a part of. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you.
All right. And uh, here ends our today's episode of uh, the Renew Our World podcast. And today I had uh, the privilege of talking to Jennifer Sakala Nyerenda, who happens to be the regional director for Southern and East Africa Tier Fund. Until next time, uh, be blessed and make sure that uh, you stay smiling and uh, be happy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Renew Our World podcast. Be sure to visit our website at renewourworld.net. And if you love this episode, subscribe and learn more about Renew Our World campaign and some of what our members and friends are doing. Until next time, remember, you are God's child, made in His image, so smile. <laughs>